Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the season finale, the seventh season finale. Seventh. Can you believe it? of the spill tea i am of course your host and moderator i will now say um emmy morgan and my co-host joseph is on the phone hi hello happy um, transversary oh you're the best i'm not even joking with you when i tell you I just saw your Instagram message and teared up. Like, you don't even know. Like, why would you do that to me right before I'm coming on the show? Like, I was, I was like, oh, wait, somebody, posted, somebody wrote, you know, a comment. Oh, cool. Because I didn't, I, when I do posts, I don't expect people to, like, comment on them. <gasps> I have a little surprise for everyone. We have Veronica on. She's from our um, JLJ This Morning test show that we all met on. Say hi, Veronica. Hey. Miss you all. Oh, my God. Hi, hey, Veronica. Post- hey. No. My peeps are back right me. I know. Uh-huh. That's a problem. Um, I was you have to come in New York, posted- though. Oh, gosh. Okay, can I tell you, I have anxiety about New York. What? So the the very last time I went to New York, I used to go to New York from 2005 to 2010 with my mother. We would go to um, the Guiding Light and the As the World Turns Soap Stand Club Luncheon. The last time I went was September, no, April 2010. I'm not even kidding you, Veronica. It was so busy, I could not see the sidewalk. And I have this thing, well, I think everybody has this thing. When they step off the curb, they want to see the curb. I could not see the curb. And I was, like, having a mini panic attack. I'm like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to knock people over. I didn't do a Jennifer Lawrence and fall, but I just had, like, a mini (laughs) panic attack. It was too busy for me. Oh. Yeah. You need a better tour guide. Well, you have to stay away from, like, the, you know, busy touristy areas. Not all like that. I understand. Well, I was in Times Square, so I guess you're right. But Square, <laughs> mm. of course, it's the worst. I don't even go there. I know, but the thing is, <laughs> our um, the luncheon was at the Marriott Marquis at Times Square, so I had no um, choice. I literally right. had no choice. We got off at... Um, what is it, the Penn Station? And then we would walk to uh, the, the marquee, and I was just like, oh, my God, I, I can't come back here ever again because I just, I, I literally, I was sweating. I was like, oh, my God. Ugh. Anyway, um, how's everybody's past week? Well, for Veronica, how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very busy. It's been a crazy yeah. couple of years. 
I just saw that you in the grind. Um, yeah, I saw that you're back to work. Congrats, congrats. I'm happy to, well, to not see that. Well, not anything yet. Auditioning a lot, though. That's, honey, that's back to work. Half the, half the battle I hear from actors is auditioning, getting that audition. And hello, we all know you're a great actress because if you guys Aww. didn't know, it was Veronica's character on... Forever in a Day, the podcast soap opera that we both worked on, um, that really took that show into season two. Like, season two had the biggest numbers we've ever had. And I'm talking thousands of listeners. And it's because of her character. And I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. Just go to forever, faadseries.com and you will just, her character is so wow. And this girl, even though it's all podcasts, all audio, she can cry at the drop of a dime. I'm telling you, she had us all in tears, honey. Um, yeah. Hey, it's the good writing, you know what I mean? So Aww. I just do what She's I'm told. Saying She's saying that because I'm <laughs> one of the writers, guys. She's lying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's true. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And this is not, I'm not going to, like, this is taken out of context, but she read a certain poem. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm like, tearing up thinking about it. Like, this woman can act her ass off. Not to mention, she has these, um, what are they called? I went to two of them, I believe. What is it called? Um, the Asian. Um, virtual shows? Uh, yes, the virtual shows. Oh, my God. They're so funny. And, like, I'm drooling over half the guy. Anyway, um, that's another story. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Veronica, who's the guy in the green shirt? She's like, what? <laughs> He's hot. Um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I know her. She's, she's crazy. Well, hot uh, and Joe, funny. Your, hot and funny is, like, hot, funny, and has a dad bod. I mean, just put a ring on it. Like, seriously. Like, just wipe me up. Like, seriously. Um now transition to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we have to. Um, but not in that way. Ew. Uh, Joe, how was your week? First of all, I do not have a dad bod. Um, you don't have uh, a dad bod. I know. So you know you're like a gym rat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to maintain what, what youthfulness I can, and uh, I feel like a dad bod doesn't, doesn't really represent that, but. Um, this week was pretty good. It was a really crazy week at work. Um, more of the same, you know, dealing with, uh, with mm-hmm. not. Up, you broke up. What did you say? Getting prepared for my 45th day on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mentally. Welcome to the chat box. Emotionally. <laughs> So that's been that's been kind of the build up for this past week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait till you're in my checkbox. We're we're no longer in the forty uh thirty five to forty four category. Oh no, come on over to the forty five plus baby. Come on. I'm trying to I'm trying to fill out. I'm trying to fill out as many surveys and demographic information as I can before Wednesday. 
And we all know he doesn't have a dad bod. He still tries to hold on to his youth, hence him tearing his Achilles when he was thinking he was 25. But anyway, I don't right, know. Right. Um, Enough about I, that. I, <laughs> no, I yelled at him, guys. I literally yelled at him. Um, hey, but for the viewers who can't see him because it's a podcast, he's totally ripped. That's right. The good right. news is all I've been um, able to do is upper body exercises. So I I now have the chicken legs that I used to loathe more than anything else. I we'll highly <laughs> doubt that. There's no way that big old soccer baseball ass got some chicken legs to hold it up. I don't think so, Joe. There's still Guys, some muscle There's no way. Exactly. For all you people who are obsessed with butts, Joe got huge butt. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) he's probably blushing, and I'm probably one of the few people on this planet that can make him do that. So I take my role very seriously. Thank you. I I, I would never blush. God. And he also has dad jokes for days, guys. <laughs> Trust me. I have all the receipts. Trust me. Um, last week was cool for me. I got to um, every, well, this is the second year in a row. My sister went to Disney and she had me house sit for her. Uh, she had me house sit because she has a small puggle and a cat and a guinea pig. So, of course, I loved it. It's so weird because I grew up afraid of pets. And so now as an adult, I'm taking care of them. It's weird. I got so attached to this dog. First of all, this dog slept with me every single night. I got so, it not only did it sleep in the bed with me, like right next to me, it tried to go under the covers once that creeped me out. Um, but it would like follow me around. It would watch TV next to me while I was working from home. It would like, look at me like, all right, so we going to hang out? Or I'm like, no, I can't. I have to work. So then it would hang out with my <laughs> nephew who was with me as well. Um, I got so attached to this dog. I woke up this morning in my own bed, and I'm like, oh, look at the dog. I, like, literally thought I lost the dog, and then I realized I'm in my own bed, and we don't have a dog here. But, yeah, it was um, it was so nice. It was quiet. They had central air. Uh, oh, I miss it. Um, Did you get a dog? You know, you work from home, right? I was thinking about that, but then it's like, see, with dogs, what people don't understand about owning a pet, when you own a pet, you own, like, you own something that can't talk back to you. So if a dog starts to cough, that cough can turn into dog puke, and dog puke makes me puke. And then it could shit everywhere, and then it could piss everywhere, and then it's barking for no reason. Is it a protector, or is it just, like, wants to go outside? I can't deal with, I mean, a week? Oh, my God, amazing. I am, like, the best dog aunt ever. A lifetime? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. They're the best, and when it's, like, the one that you chooses you or you choose it, um, like, can't replace that. I, know, so I, I feel like this like, dog... Matching outfits. 
I can totally see uh, that. Okay, you. you know what? You just turned me into Paris Hilton, and I don't appreciate that, Veronica. <laughs> this is your first time here. How dare you? How dare you? I mean, you're probably right, but how dare you call me out like that? I didn't say anything about Paris. She's not the only one that does that. Mm. P.S. She's Fraggers. First child at 55. Um, congrats, Paris. Oh, jeez. <laughs> She's not 55. I'm just kidding. Um, Off crowd. Off crowd. Yeah, I know. So, let's hey, J-Lo's in her 50s these. and she looks amazing. 52. 52 years old this woman is. And she's got That's the body of a 40-year-old. Wow, Joe. I'm just saying. Wow. Like, you got to get it. You got to keep up if you keep changing boyfriends. You know how there's always a honeymoon uh, period where you got to look fast. Excuse me. What's Ben's, what's Ben's excuse then? Ben has had a dad bod since 1993. So don't tell me that you got to change your body in order to keep someone. And J-Lo's the one that's better. j amazing. I, I, I don't know uh-huh. how many babies blood she drinks but she is just so amazing and I want to be her when I get in my 50s a long time from now <laughs> gotta start dancing which kind of dancing because she's kind of done it all <laughs> I mean that's the thing I kind of run the game because she does literally everything yeah that's true you're probably right bitch Peter. um <laughs> Let's get into some of these topics. Uh, my first topic, we're going to talk about it just because it's probably the biggest topic we're going to talk about. And, um, yeah, whatever. ScarJo versus Disney. So, uh, yeah. You guys know from me and Joe's getting to know you, ScarJo is one of his celebrity crushes. Yes, Joe, I get it. Um, I well, don't you know like I'm not her. a fan at being an Asian person. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> the re, okay, so understand why Veronica's saying that. She's saying that because, and Joe, Joe's going to be pissed, but whatever. I feel I'm like, not going to be pissed. I feel like Garjo is entitled. Here's what I mean by that. Not like entitled privilege, like Think I think I'm white and better than everybody. I think she's more entitled. Like I'm an actor, I can do anything, sweetie. No. So what Veronica's referring to is that there was a movie called Ghost in the Shell, and it was it's Asian. Isn't it Asian folklore or Asian story or something like that? Um, it was, it was a, me, yes. uh, anime. Anime. anime Very popular. Every character. Anime very popular. Every character, especially the lead character, is Asian. So, and I have to do it. Y- y'all have to hear me. Why come Scarlett Johansson took the lead role as a gringa, a white girl, and played an Asian character? Did not reference the Asian history at all. And I think that's what Veronica's referring to. I could be wrong. I don't want to speak for her, but is that I mean, what that's a big thing, to? but I mean, but just yeah. her history. Like, she just it is white privilege. Like she can play with whatever she wants because she has the opportunity to do that. 
And so she also has, with her status, she can also say no to roles that are not. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. You know and what I mean? I, I don't want to get into a bashing star joke because um, that's not who I am. But I just, for me, I knew about whitewashing and I knew that that happened. And I was like, mm, well, the movie was kind of bad anyway. So, I mean, whatever. The part that really, well, the thing that really made me upset is she found out about this role of a trans man and she wanted to play the role. And the thing about that is I kind of believe that's not her fault. In Hollywood, we gave Felicity Huffman an Oscar nomination for playing a trans, trans woman. So she, Scarlett, thought, well, maybe I can play a trans man and get an award. I'm sure that's what she thought. Don't tell me she didn't, Joe. Whatever. Um, Hollywood was going to make the movie. This person's real. I forgot the name of the person. And the fans were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. We will cancel you, bitch. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll pull out of the role. The part that really pissed me off was, A, she still didn't make the movie. So, yes, she learned whatever she learned, but she should have made the movie anyway. I don't, I understand that, you know, your butt She hurt. only did it to help movie. herself. She didn't care about the community. Right. <laughs> and but that's then afterwards, her. after that, she then said, well, I'm an actor. I should be able to play anything, like a tree or whatever. Sweetie, don't compare yeah, being so trans to a tree. I, I just, so yeah, I haven't been a fan of hers, but this, this is a two thing on this ScarJo versus Disney. So, Joe, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. ScarJo had a contract. P.S., she hates the nickname ScarJo. So ScarJo had a uh, contract with Disney to do Marvel's Black Widow. Um, This is the first starring role for Black Widow, so it was a big deal for her. Um, She did the movie... The contract stated that she would not only get $20 million up front, she would get a profit of, or uh, a portion of the profit. Joe, because I couldn't find it, did that include streaming or not? No. I don't, I couldn't, so it didn't. Okay. The original contract, the original contract was that the release was supposed to be theatrical only. Okay. So, At least that's what the, the suit says. Okay. So then what I, they I did, what, the Disney, what Disney did, which is bad on Disney, shame on them for being a binding contract. What they did was they did release it theatrically, but last minute they said, oh, it's going to be on the streaming platform of Disney+. Plus. Um, ScarJo was like, wait, that hurt my box office profit. And I'm not getting streaming profit, so I'm going to sue you for breach of contract, which it kind of is breach of contract, but it kind of isn't. In the contract, they didn't specifically say we won't go on, we won't sell it on streaming as well. They just sold it on streaming without telling her. So it kind of is a breach of contract, but not really. Anyway. Yeah, just the um, floor is kind of messed up for her because they also send the theatrical, um, just to, that theatrical was defined as 1,500 plus screens, which is what they did do. Mm-hmm. 
They they did fulfill their con their end of the contract. They just released it on Disney Plus. Now here's why I think that they are just as bad in this suit. First of all, she got twenty million plus profit three hundred million. Um okay. So she she's still pissed? Um shame on them though for being so fucking sneaky that they couldn't just add her into the streaming. They could have just said plus streaming. Why didn't they just do that? It's two words, a, a plus sign and sh- the word streaming into her profit. I, I, shame on them, number one, for that. Shame on them also because if they can't, they released a statement how insensitive ScarJo is for, for trying to push people into the theaters. That's, I'm not, I'm not going to defend her, but that's literally not what she's saying at all. She's not saying I want people in the theaters because I want more of a profit. She's just simply saying she thinks that they're releasing it through streaming hurt her box office profit. Maybe the box office would have gone higher had people not had the option to watch it on the streaming platform. So shame on Disney for kind of maligning her like that, but also shame on Disney for saying that she doesn't care about people at home when Disney charges twelve dollars for the for the subscription and then thirty dollars for the premium subscription to watch this movie. If you cared about people as much as you say you do over ScarJo, why is it thirty dollars and not I don't know? Five ninety nine, like all other movies are, when you rent them. Don't drag her like that. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of hers, but Disney, they're both wrong here. They're both wrong because she can't predict what the streaming. They can say what they're going to get for what they're going to get for streaming and box office, but no one knows exactly until the movie comes out. So for her to sue like that is kind of. It, it makes her look even more privileged to me. Um, so I'm going to shut up. And I'm going to let Joe go next because that's his baby. So you go, Joe. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say that I have no, no skin in the game. I'm not going to make a penny off of this conversation. And while I think that I, there, there are certain things about Scarlett Johansson that I do like, um, this is a purely objective pers- perspective on my opinion. And I'll actually defer to, to Veronica for her take too. But the contract, mm-hmm. which, which the problem with the contract is that if she doesn't hit certain benchmarks in the, the, the sales of movie tickets in the, in the movies, then she doesn't earn a bonus, which was included in the contract. And it, it totals mm-hmm. up to about 50 billion or 50 million rather. And so the problem that I have with this entire conversation is that, um, you know, no one's talking about Emma Stone is now probably going to do the same thing and sue uh, Emily Blunt mm-hmm. and John Spinsky are, are, are pissed mm-hmm. about A Quiet Place too, and have a similar issue with Jungle Cruise about to come out. So, like, other people are doing this because no one predicted how COVID was going to impact these movie sales when they signed these contracts. And when they, mm-hmm. you know, may have reworked them or may have adjusted them because they knew that there was going to be an impact on the release, they didn't take into consideration, like, there shouldn't have been a, well, you didn't mention this clause in a contract. And, and again, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll defer to, to Veronica as somebody in the industry who understands these things probably better than, than we do. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, 
if you have a contract saying that they're going to release it exclusively in movies or they're going to release it in, you know, X amount of theaters and that's going to be the theatrical release and then it will go to streaming or however they framed it, the bottom line mm-hmm. is they can calculate very easily how many of those streaming views could have be- ended up being theatrical views. And it's pretty easy to figure out. It's a math equation. And I don't, mm-hmm. to me, that it, it's an injustice against somebody who's making millions of dollars, you know, regardless of the situation, she's making millions of dollars off of these films, but so are other actors and actresses who are in similar situations. So, you know, kudos to her for standing up for, for that part of it, regardless of Ghost in the Shell or, you know, or the other stuff that mm-hmm. we're talking about. Um, to yeah. me, it's standing up for those individuals. Who else is going to take on Disney? It's a, I mean, that's a massive undertaking. So you need to have somebody right. with a significant amount of star power to go against a company like that that can basically bully as many people as they want into these contracts or into the results that they will, will monetize and make tons of, tons of billions of dollars off. I mean, this is the lowest, one of the lowest theatrical releases for any Marvel movie. That should say yep, something right there for an, for an immensely popular character. So, I, again, I'll defer to Veronica on that and see what, what her thoughts are on the contract side of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an ex- expert on it. I didn't read the whole contract, but I just, like, read some threads about it. Um, it did say th- theatrical. It didn't say... It's, like, Streaming. the interpretation mm-hmm. of whether it's exclusively theatrical and what defines that, especially when they put 1,500 mm-hmm. plus. You know, so it's, like, it's. I, I really think the problem is the lawyers. They're the ones that messed up. Because the thing is, a lot of people in the industry were behind um, new media and streaming, so no one mm-hmm. ever took it seriously. Because Disney Plus had announced, yeah. uh, I, I think from the timing at the time when they did the contract, but I think no one thought it would do as well as it did. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they thought, oh, theater. And of course, you didn't expect a pandemic, you know what I mean? So you thought, oh, well, I'll get mm-hmm. exactly. So, yeah. I mean, but, I, I think it's important for her, and then, you know, mm-hmm. the Gene Institute, um, which handles, like, you know, women parody in the entertainment industry, said that what mm-hmm. Disney did to Scarlett is, like, gendered, too. Like, the attack on her, like, releasing her salary, which she shouldn't, they shouldn't have done that, and, like, made it seem like she's being, you know, entitled and selfish, and, which is not enough, like, like, she should fight for all the money that, like, any other men will do. They fight for, like, they all get, like, higher rates than the women actors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if they had fought for her, I don't think people would have been dumping on them as much. And I don't like Garjo, but that's why I'm so mad about this because I don't like her, and then I have mm-hmm. to defend her in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> women should fight for the money. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. and, and I like that uh, other people are joining them because I thought that at the beginning when they were charging the thirty dollars extra during the pandemic was ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad ridiculous. that that they're you know trying to get they well, should get a portion of that. That's why Jungle Cruise I, will be interesting because you've got mm-hmm. The Rock too. So let's yep. see what happens with that situation because he has obviously a significant amount of star power and probably made more than Emily Blunt did, I'll, if I had to guess. Well, that's the thing. But I'd like, that if was I was a lawyer, I think when they knew that, yeah, when they saw that, uh, you know, Disney Plus was a thing and they're successful, they should have renegotiated contracts for streaming when they knew that mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to get the box office number, off numbers. Because even if there wasn't streaming, there was not a guarantee that people are going to go to the theaters because it's still a pandemic. Right. Well, you know things. what I mean? Streaming is the new. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that after a movie leaves the theater, it goes on streaming. Like, who doesn't know that? So these actors need to do their due diligence. 
And if you're a big actor like ScarJo, you should be having, you should put plus streaming as part of the profits. Theatrical plus streaming portion of those profits. You should do that, period. Um, And just to let you know, Veronica, I guarantee you the Disney lawyers knew for a fact, were told, do not mention anything about streaming. We, that is our platform. We are not going to have these stars make money off of our streaming platform. I guarantee you. Disney has very good They did that on purpose. I they have such good lawyers. You're telling me know that they forgot. Like no. they knew it was going to be a thing. So that's like on our lawyers. I guarantee you. The they purposely left that out. Purposely. I, I know it. I just, it's a gut feeling. I just know they purposely deceived all these actors. And Joe, to but your no point. One, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but no one, no one knew how COVID was going to actually impact box office sales, whether people could exactly. even get back into movies or not. There's no way that someone could, like, even when they were drafting these contracts and they, and, and like mm-hmm. you, to your point about Blockbuster, yeah, these movies mm-hmm. would, would go from the theater onto a streaming service, but you're talking about a simultaneous release, which is very, very different because if someone has the ability to have the comfort of their own home, as opposed to mm-hmm. potentially risking for COVID and that, that plays into the decision-making, then that's going to impact box office draw where other people might be more willing to risk going into a movie theater to see a movie that they really want to see if it's not available on a streaming service. And so that I think is the, the problem with this conversation is that we've gone through a pandemic where we've had these waves where things start to look better and people start going out again. And then guess what? We're back in lockdown. We're dealing with it right now with the Delta variant. So Mm-hmm. We're seeing how this can impact not only our, our day-to-day lives, but also how it can impact what someone thought was probably an ironclad contract at the second that it was signed, but now had, there's some variability to it. So I'm gonna Yeah, the theater's also suing because they were, like, mad about the simultaneous because they also said, like, yeah, if you're going to do it at home, then no one's going to come to theater. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you because in April 2020, if you heard of a little movie called Trolls World Tour, that was the first major blockbuster streaming movie. It sold for 19.99 and it made a hundred million right when it first came out. And that is when these studios said, "Holy shit, we need to do something." That's when Peacock came out around that time, and all of HBO Max came out around that time. Everybody jumped on streaming after Trolls World Tour in April of 2020. And that... Because the entire world went into lockdown. Yeah, but I'm saying, I think that Disney and um, these other companies know exactly... Because they made $60 off of streaming with this movie. $60 fucking million. So I think they know exactly what they're doing. I think they're deceiving these stars on purpose. I think they know. I don't think Disney is deceiving people. People know that about streaming. I disagree. I mean, honestly, the theater tickets have been going, the sales have been going down for a while because people rather watch. Thank God. But I'm just saying, it's not Disney deceiving. Like the lawyers knew, they just didn't take it seriously. Because Mm -hmm. actually, um, it wasn't trolls. The I I I can't speak for all the streaming, but definitely uh, Peacock, which is NBC, they've had that in Mm -hmm. the works for a while. Because I actually had they had been like testing platforms every year and I had actually gotten a license agreement prior to Peacock. But 
It went away mm-hmm. because PCAC happened and I lost my agreement, but it sucks. I had an NBC contract for one of my shows. But anyway. <laughs> Damn it. I know. Well, you so might I, be able to get it on PCAC. I'm just telling you, like, streaming has been huge for a while. Because I know. Well, unfortunately, now PCAC is all, like, celebrity, famous people. They don't uh, take indie stuff anymore. Got it. Okay. I understand now. Okay. I understand. Um, wow. I don't know. Like, just like Veronica said, I hate that I have to defend her, but I'm not trying to defend her. I'm just, I don't know. I also, too, wish that other people in the movie would stand up with her because it makes her look like she's being entitled for being the only one speaking up. She is just an executive, she's an executive producer or a producer. And the star, she doesn't, she didn't write it. She didn't, she didn't do anything to the creative process. So why aren't some of the other people standing up as well? I don't understand why she's the only one. Marvel has had already spoken out about it. Kevin Feige. What? Kevin? He was Marvel. He spoke up for it and defended it. Oh, Kevin speaking up? That's huge. Yeah, I mean, and then all the other female actresses are starring in Disney products, you know, they're, I, People could definitely come out because mm-hmm. people want to get paid. Right. Like, you know, if yeah. they're making the money, then they should get a portion of it for sure. Right. And yeah, agreed. Now it makes me wonder what did Gal Gadot's contract look like for Wonder Woman? Did she get a portion of that streaming? Oh, for HBO Max. I don't know. Yeah. Because I didn't go to the theater yeah, again, to see that. Good question. Uh, but I, I think that's, not go that's to the, the landscape. The landscape mm-hmm. is changing for a lot of these these conversations, and mm-hmm. we're still. I, I don't think that I don't think there's any decisive way of moving forward until you know until people have finally kind of cleared this pandemic hurdle, which is clearly still right. not done. But um, but I think that's a, that that continues to add these disruptive forces to so many things, including you know, the entertainment industry that it just, it, it makes it impossible for, you know, for you to be able to plan for any kind of contingency that could potentially happen. And, you know, could I, I understand what Disney's play on it is. They're trying to monetize whatever they can. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, is that the problem is, is that when, you know, when you are this massive entertainment um, company and you're now taking money out of the hands of, of people potentially by, you know, t- whatever shady loophole they can come up with, it doesn't look mm-hmm. great. Um, Mm-mm. But, but I get it. I mean, this is capitalism 101 right here. And two things before we move on. Um, one, back in the day, and this is why I say uh, streaming is the new um, blockbuster. Back in the day, stars like Tom Cruise would make Mission Impossible and then he would say, okay, I want 30% back-end profit. Back-end included those home video sales, included any profits from the box office. So I'm wondering when that changed in Hollywood. Like, I thought that's why I'm still stuck on the fact that they specifically said theatrical profit. Why? Like, I would question that. Like, what do you mean theatrical? What about streaming? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, most contracts thing, include both. 
like when I do commercials or TV shows, they usually mm-hmm. have to, you know. So how come I don't know. didn't? That's the that's the weird part. That's the thing. I think it was her lawyer who messed up. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there was a part that said it, but I, the, the section that I saw. That's so shady. Online, it said theatrical with 1500 plus. Um, kind of funny, but I felt like it was misogynistic. Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy, who played Drax, he tweeted, told them they should they should have made a Drax movie, but no. Um, it was funny, but at the same time, would he have said that if it was a man? Like, I immediately was like, <laughs> ooh. Like, kind of, that's it's a kind weird of a funny dick, dickhead comment, yes. but at the same time, yes. I agree. It is, it is a little bit of a, a poke, and I don't know uh. if, if it would have been the same comment. Although Dave Bautista, for what it's worth, has, mm-hmm. you know, again, has – has his own particular WWE slash, you know, yeah, his yep. you know, burgeoning movie career, like similar to The Rock. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he does feel like this is, you know, kind of his opportunity to take his shot too. I mean, unless you watch that right. shitty Netflix movie that he did, then that was. Excuse me? <laughs> what movie yeah, I wanted that movie to be so much better. Yeah, it was terrible. Wait, what movie? Great premise. The one where they had to like break the into zombie the movie. casino and steal. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see but that. But I do I'll love Tick to Oh, I'm sorry. Like she, I love her so. Why I'm would so, it take I just like it. Tig Notaro, like I love her mm-hmm. so. She's such a better choice than Chris Delia, sexual predator. <laughs> hmm. So I, I have an interesting question about this because I, I and yeah. and this kind of segues into something that I wanted to mention based on the whole ScarJo. Uh, kerfluffle. Yeah. Obviously, you don't, you don't like ScarJo, and I and I understand that. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things that you had mentioned was how you know in 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 her attempt, and then you know backing out of the role as a, as a trans person. What mm-hmm. is your take on you know someone like Jeffrey Tambor, who you know wins a couple of Emmys as a as a trans mm-hmm. uh, you know trans act or as a trans character, and then yep. you know runs into the situation where. He's sexually harassing people. Mm-hmm. Why, um, why, why not the upgrade? Where's the for about that? <laughs> um, so Jeffrey Tambor, you know what it is? How do I put it? I was watching a movie with my nephew, and I said... This movie that we're watching, we're watching the Fast and Furious franchise. And one of the movies was rated like whatever. And I said, it's funny because back in the day, this movie would have been rated R, but now it's not. And it's the same thing with people like Felicity Huffman, people like Hilary Swank, people like um, Jeffrey Tambor. When they were playing those trans roles, we were just all so used to it because, like, kind of like in Shakespeare, when Shakespeare would have men play women roles, that was the norm then. As society evolved, as our sensitivity changed, I don't think he would be able to do it today. I think if he tried to do it, that series today, he would have been canceled. 
period, point blank. Um, because there are able-bodied and very talented trans people that are capable of doing that role. So he would have been canceled trying to even fill that trans woman role. So when Scarjo came out and said what she said and tried to do what she do, I think at the time we were, no pun intended, transitioning into a society where that was not okay. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor is disgusting, and I cannot believe he got away with what he got away with. And he still doesn't apologize for what he did today, but he was not okay. Neither was, and you mentioned it, Matt Damon whitewashing that role in The Great Wall, the only movie. I was the only person that saw that movie. Um, but in history, <laughs> he, literally. He, <laughs> even his daughter, I guess his daughter was like, um, she was calling it the wall. He goes, no, it's called the Great Wall. She's like, Dad, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> he whitewashed that, the fuck out of that. Even Yul Brenner whitewashed that, the King and I. So we have the history of accepting it. We're trying to change that. We need to change that. Um, and that's why I think when ScarJo tried to play a trans role, also Halle Berry tried to play a trans role. We were just like, no, we need to start. Um, the It gets a little murky, though, when you have gay, gay actors playing straight roles or straight actors playing gay roles. For some reason, that's still acceptable, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why, but it is. Um, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I just don't know why that's acceptable, and authentically casting a trans character isn't. I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever. So, I don't know. I, all I that bothers me. It shows a pattern of like disrespecting, like historically mm-hmm. excluded. You know what I mean? I, you can go. Right. Up, but you can't go down. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, like, Scarjo has a massive star power. She, there are many roles for her. She doesn't have to take these roles that she's not quite right for just because she wants to, like, get an Oscar or whatever or think she's showing yeah. range. You're just, I don't mm. know. <laughs> what well, were you going to say, Joe? That's part of the – I was going to say that my, my argument for why some of these roles go to some of these these you know, the more, more uh, you know, the A-list celebrities or even B-list celebrities is because, you know, for, and the evolution of Hollywood is, is really kind of the best way to look at this. When mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, who is, who is going to be a box office draw, the mm-hmm. problem is you have a limited talent pool when you only have white people. Mm-hmm. And that's how Hollywood yeah. started. Like, here's your white people. These are the people that mm-hmm. can get people sitting, you know, butts in theaters and get butts mm-hmm. in seats. And this is how we make money. And so it becomes more about making money than it comes about, you know, who has talent. So mm-hmm. then, you, you know, you start introducing some of these other, you know, groups that have been, you know, underrepresented or misrepresented or, you know, flat out just made fun of in, in roles by, you know, by these, these, uh, these white actors. And then you start introducing mm-hmm. more genuine characters played by people that actually represent the roles. And mm-hmm. then you start seeing that some of those people now have some box office draw and then you can, you can kind of build from there. Because mm-hmm. this is a, this is a more relatively new arc for the trans community, there aren't mm-hmm. a ton of trans actors out there who are like, oh yeah, this person will get butts and seats. 
So it does represent right. a challenge for Hollywood in trying to say, we want to get a movie made. And if it's, especially if it's an important movie where it represents mm-hmm. the community to be able to have those conversations, how do you get that message out there if, it, if you have, you know, if, you, if it's like Great Wall, where, it, where it's, um, in that case, it was a, a shitty movie, but if you can't get butts in seats, then how do you actually get that message out there to begin with? So I think it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough sell for Hollywood in general because they're trying to make money, and you have mm-hmm. these marginalized communities that are trying to you know, write their stories and tell their stories and then portray their stories. And I know we've said this on, on shows before, but that takes time. It's a gradual process. And earning mm-hmm. that respect from, from a peer of community, a community of peers that was largely white and has transitioned over the course of years into something that's more representative has been an arc. It's not, it's not a straight line. It's not a meteoric rise to inclusiveness, but it is an arc and it is happening. And the fact that we're having these conversations, to me, again, is always a good thing because it pushes the envelope and pushes the needle further in the direction towards inclusivity and fairness. I personally think that that's the wrong way to do it. Um, if you look at a movie like A Quiet Place, first of all, when, when people, this is my problem. Studios try so hard to, one, be creative in the creative process, but then, two, try to manage what's going to happen in the box office. A Quiet Place was a story about monsters, and if you make a sound, you could die. That was the story. It didn't matter who the fuck was in it. It just so happened John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, who are married in real life, who are not huge box office draws, but they would get a few butts in seats. But it was the story Mm -hmm. that drove people to make this movie a hundred million dollars for the second movie. A hundred million. The second movie, it opened at a hundred million during a pandemic when the theaters just opened. So I'm just saying, my point is, it's an insult to the writer by saying, oh, well, <laughs> this is a great story about a black trans woman, but we're going to cast Julia Roberts because she's a box office draw. Bitch. Look at what happened with Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls was basically, let's just put it out there, Destiny's Child. They cast Beyonce, but then they took somebody who literally was not even an actress. Jay Hud wasn't even an actress. She just had a good voice. They cast her in the role of Effie White. She won an Oscar, and now she's, she's now in the, re- the, the biopic of Aretha Franklin. People are going to see that movie, one, to see Aretha Franklin, and two, to see Jennifer Hudson. Had they not taken the chance in Dreamgirls, she would not be where she is. My point is... And they are taking more chances. That's, what I'm, that's my point. Start taking more chances. Rely on the story to tell, to, to draw the box office, not the people. Like, Iron Man... But- but Let's they are. 100% honest. Let's just be 100% honest. Robert Downey Jr. did an amazing job, but you could literally have anybody in that role, and it would have been amazing. 
So I just, I think that we should get to a point where Hollywood is casting based on the story, not the box office, because you, you literally, and, and think about this, Robert Downey Jr. was a has-been when he was cast as Iron Man. It was seeing him as a superhero that, that put butts in seats. Now that man could literally make any movie and it's going to be huge. All right, so but, he, but here's the here's the thing. Think of, think about think about this, this in the context of, um, and I'll use Rain Man as a, as kind of the starting point. In 1988, they came out with Rain Man. You had Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman Hoffman playing in a, a severely autistic character, and mm-hmm. you have uh, c- clearly you have plenty of people that are developmentally disabled that could have stepped in and probably done that role and potentially acted and maybe knocked it out of the park. Maybe we mm-hmm. don't know that because you know we we know what had what has happened. Um, then you fast forward a couple of years, and Johnny Knoxville does the Ringer. Now some people were offended by the Ringer, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, Johnny Knoxville defended that defended making that movie by saying we gave roles to people that were not getting roles. They're actors mm-hmm. and actresses who are you know have handicaps and are in a position to be able to take these roles and. This movie is, while it's making fun of, of, of basically the, the, I don't want to say it's making fun of the Special Olympics because I don't think that's what it's doing, but it's making fun of, you know, the, 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 this fact that this guy is taking advantage of, of that, almost mm-hmm. identical to what Hollywood is doing, where he's mm-hmm. portraying somebody that he shouldn't be portraying. So, Correct. you know, again, this is an arc. This is not something that has has an immediate start and stop just because someone asked a question or someone says, Hey, why aren't we doing it this way? And I do think that studios are willing to, to take those creative leaps. I do think that people mm-hmm. are willing to modify scripts and to add actors and actresses that are more befitting of the role that that's actually written as opposed to, you know, worrying about, you know, how much star power they can get into these specific roles. There are those mm-hmm. things that are happening. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that's why yeah. the conversation has to continue until, you know, we have greater representation. But it's not, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, and it hasn't. But what pisses me off, I mean, though, is that Hollywood is see, a system that's based on making money. They're never going to, that's why we have all these, like, tentpole, like, super comic, they don't care about money. The only reason that they're starting to care about diversity is because half the audience mm. is diverse. Movies yeah. that are diverse do well. If that did, wasn't, if they mm-hmm. didn't make money, they would not care. It would continue exactly. turning out the same crap. But it doesn't so make sense like, on, because... Like, that's why people just have to keep speaking out on it and only support movies that are diverse, you know, and, and us do casting correctly. Because trust me, if Goes in the Show had done well, we would still... we probably have like five of those, the Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett. And that's, that's the point I have. It, you know what I mean? Gods of Egypt. It was completely whitewashed except for Chadwick Boseman, who was the one black character in Egypt, and it did terribly. They've had instances where if you whitewash a, a movie, it's not going to do well, but they still keep doing it. I don't understand that. Like it's, it's because it's done by white men, white cis men. Like they're going to still not working though. Even though the data, even though the data shows them elsewhere, but if there's yeah. enough bombs, that eventually those people get fired or whatever because they're making bad business choices. This is not. But I think that was a great thing. Anymore, I mean, you that, can't have. That was a great point, though. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that was a great point about 
you know, how, how these casting decisions and how this process is something where you have to keep pushing the envelope. And, and mm-hmm. if, if these conversations do stop, then you end up with movies like Ghost in the Shell. And if that movie, like you said, if, if that movie had done well, mm-hmm. we would have had, you know, Hollywood be chomping at the bit to try to find other mm-hmm. anime that they could just plop in whatever character they could find, whatever, you know, white, you know, uh, actor that they could find to plop into, into these roles. And I think that, you know, like I said, I think people, the, the audience is more discerning because we're, these mm-hmm. conversations continue to happen. And that's why you can have a movie like, like Raya and the Last Dragon did very well. And it was a better mm-hmm. representation in terms of filmmaking. And I think there's a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of movies that are coming out where it's better representation and, and Hollywood is becoming more representative. And while the capitalistic side of it is never going to go away, Forcing the conversation and forcing the debate is at least helping to make it more inclusive. Right. So yeah, I know the Ghost in the Shell director was mad about like all the backlash about the whitewashing, and they blamed that for why yeah. they failed. And then like mm-hmm. that wasn't the only reason, but okay, it was also a bad movie. <laughs> it was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it did help. So let's, you not, know. let's not have Julia Roberts playing Harriet Tubman, okay? Let's let's, let's oh, yeah, please. keep away from that. Um. One of our other topics that we, we have to get to. Oh, my God. I'm just so annoyed by it. Um, every, it is 2021. I understand that. But for some reason, DaBaby is at, and I don't, I, first of all, I hate his name. That is so dumb. DaBaby. Yeah, so dumb. You're an idiot. Um, he was at his concert rapping and having a good time. And out of nowhere decides to troll his own audience who had, who there were gay men in his audience that paid money to be there. And he, he said something to the effect. I didn't write exactly down what he said. Cause I was just so disgusted to be honest with you. Something to the effect of when you have HIV and AIDS, you get it from being gay, first of all, and you're dead in, in two weeks. Uh, sir, it is 2021. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, for, for you to spread that lie, that huge lie, and then try to double down and say, well, it's freedom of speech. Freedom of speech does not mean that you can literally lie about certain facts. That's not what freedom of speech is. You literally are lying about a disease that affects more than just gay men. This is not 1985. This is 2021. More people than gay men get HIV and AIDS, first of all. And just so that we're clear, the, huger, the hugest spread of HIV and AIDS are black men in the South that are on the DL. Condoms, because they feel like when you go to hook up with another guy on the down low and you bring a condom, that means you're actively thinking about being gay. I remember this from Oprah. That's what I'm quoting. This guy did not bring a condom because he said, well, that would mean I'm gay because I'm bringing a condom and I know that I'm going to have sex with a guy. What in the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you stupid? And then they would go and have unprotected sex with different guys and then go home after and give whatever diseases they got because it, was, uh, it wasn't just one guy a night. 
It was literally a, a train of guys. And then they would go home and give it to their wives. And the wives obviously would pass it to the kids. So the baby, sit the fuck down and get little Nas X out your mouth, T.I., because T.I. is disgusting. The most surprising thing about all of this, <laughs> and I don't know if this is good or bad, but Brown came out to support Lil Nas X. He said to the baby, shut the fuck up, do your shows, thank everyone, then get the fuck off stage. Um, Veronica, what do you think about all this? Well, I had to look it up because uh, I'm not a fan of the baby, so I don't care for his music yeah. for him. So, like, I'll take Lil Nas anytime, anywhere. Like, he's a genius, mm-hmm. and I love him. So, so I just like I had to look it up. I was like, in the stuff I read that he said was so, it's like so antiquated, and it just makes me kind of wonder, if, like, you know, like um, the people who tend to be homophobic tend to be gay mm-hmm. themselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like. Just, why mm-hmm. did he even say anything? You know? I don't. It sounds like mm-hmm. he's got some issues he needs to work out, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Probably I mean, on yeah. the DL. Stop it. What, yeah, don't be spreading this information. It's so level, like, especially nowadays. Not cool. Like, uh, it's 2021. How? Uh, I. Uh... Joe, what are your thoughts? All right. Well, I know you're probably gonna, but you're probably gonna yell at me, but um, no, I, won't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna beat on uh, Ti for for Ti's comments. Um, I think Ti's comments belie an effort to allow people to um, to exercise their first. And whether you believe it or not, if it's if the only thing that I would argue about the baby's comments that are harmful to others is misrepresenting. HIV and AIDS as mm-hmm. a disease that you, that you could die from in two to three weeks. Like that, that's not the equivalent of yelling fire in a movie theater, which is not protected speech. But outside mm. of that, I mean, at the end of the day, there are always going to be racist, homophobic, you know, mm-hmm. hating, like there's always going to be those people that, that come out and say shit that's rude and offensive to somebody. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, and again, not, I'm not defending what T.I. said, but I understand what T.I. is saying when, you know, when he's saying that, you know, little Nas X can, can do their thing, then baby can do theirs, and you just don't have to, you don't have to participate in it if you don't agree with it. And I think there's, mm-hmm. there's some element of truth to that. What I think is, you know, what I think is problematic in this situation and why, why it's, it's frustrating is that, um, it's not like the baby has kind of like backed down from this mm-hmm. and you know, now, now he's canceled from Lollapalooza. Like you're losing, yep. you're losing money on this situation. Maybe you need to Cloning figure out label. where you went wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're now you need to figure out like where you went wrong and kind of your ideology and your thought process, because mm-hmm. while you have the right to say whatever it is that you want and your opinion and your feelings about certain situations. And if you're a performer, yes, you have a much bigger platform um, mm-hmm. but the, you know, now if this doesn't create some kind of, 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 you know, retrospective look at what, you know, why his, his thought process has some, has some problems, mm-hmm. then that's on him. I mean, that's, that's, that's on him. He's going to yeah. continue to lose, 
opportunities to, to make a living and to, to, to be that person with a platform if he continues to spout hate, hateful and ignorant views, just like anybody else who spouts hateful and ignorant views should, you know, should suffer the backlash of those people that don't want to hear it. He won't, though, Joe. He won't apologize because, and I'm, I'm going to say it, I've said it in brown men are ostracized and beat up and maligned by racist people. And then they turn around and do the exact same thing that's being done to them, to LGBTQ people, especially in their own community. Yeah. Bootsy Badass is the worst. Not only did he bully and completely disregard Zaya Wade, who was a minor. But then, I don't know if you know this, he hired a hooker to have oral sex with his sons and nephews who were 12 and 13 at the time. That man, and of course he came out to support the baby. Of course he did. Well, toxic masculinity, right? It's a club. Why? Why do black and brown men have this toxic masculinity? You should... It's like T.I. has a pattern of saying stupid shit about... He's disgusting. T.I. is gross. He's the one that said women are too emotional to be president. So I'm not surprised that he's, like, standing with the the baby. Yet he's married and has a daughter who he tried to get the doctor to tell her her doctor. He's like, yeah, can you check to see if her hymen's intact? Ew. Yeah, it's so disgusting. Like he's, Why are black men so misogynist? They're not, not all, all, but yeah. Not all. But they're but displayed ew. too many. And then when someone said to T.I., well, what about your son? Oh, I don't have to worry about him. Daughters are different. What? Exactly. Ugh. Like, I just don't understand. It's like that saying, hurt people hurt people. That's That's exactly what I feel like when I think of any time you see a and I've said it before on the show any time you see the death of or no not the death because that sounds a little too um, that, that doesn't sound right anytime you see the murder of a black trans woman 98% of the time it's at the hands of a black man who says, oh, well, she didn't tell me that she was trans, so I killed her when I found out. I was just so angry. Uh, let the punishment fit the crime. If someone is lying to you about who they are, you walk the fuck away. What you don't do is kill them and then blame them for their own murder. Uh, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Whatever. Um. Yeah, it's more of a community-wide problem. (laughs) Well, whatever. Hopefully, people stop listening to quote-unquote music and then go move on to people who actually have talent. Right. (laughs) And someone said, "Oh, you know, the baby song, whatever." I'm like, I've never heard one of the songs. Like, I don't remember. Like, I heard it, but I like it's like it's not registered. Whereas, like. Like, Montero, I think about all the time. Like, it's so good. Mm. Anyway. Um, 
Simone Biles, this is our last major topic, pulled out of the Olympics because she's typically the top of her game. I mean, she did a move in gymnastics that no one has ever done before. And she's probably going to get a move named after herself. So she was a little disappointed. She moves named after her. How many? Like four, something like that. It's like ridiculous. I thought it was just one. There's nobody like her ever. No one. So when she went to the Olympics and didn't do too well in the trials and everything, she decided for her team that she was going to step away, which I think is admirable. I don't I, I don't know what the fuss is. People are making fun of her, calling her a loser. I don't understand. I I don't get it. Joe, help me. Well, certain group of people here. were finding any excuse oh, to jump on a black woman. So yeah. Oh shit. Veronica went there. Oh shit. It's true. You think that's what it is? It absolutely is. She's already won think, so though? many medals of U.S. After, even after like all this stuff that's been done to her and the gymnastics uh-huh. women over the years. Mm-hmm. This, this, Nobody owes anybody is anything. Yeah, that is hitting the nail on the head. Think about mm-hmm. you know, it, and I and I don't want to say this 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 solely goes back to you know some of the stuff that we've seen, but when you look at U.S. women's gymnastics in general and the culture that was created there and then the, you know, the discovery of all of this rampant abuse that was happening to these young women who were forced into this, this lifestyle that is like beyond reprehensible. Mm-hmm. She was one of, she's the remaining person on this team who was mm-hmm. involved in the whole Larry Nasser scandal. Yeah. And is. she had, she had no there was no reason why she had to go to this Olympics. She's already mm-hmm. the most, you know, one of the most decorated Olympians in history, let alone the most decorated mm-hmm. gymnast in, in, in Olympic history. She has nothing left to prove. She is mm-hmm. hands down one of the most talented and special talents that you will ever see in terms of gymnastics. Um, and she stepped aside when she didn't think that she could compete to allow her team and her teammates the best opportunity to win and to win medals. Mm-hmm. That's about as noble as it gets. But it's yep. not the Carrie Strug landing on a, you know, gimpy leg. It's not the same type of story. And so you think about why that, that heroicism and that noble perspective laid at her feet the same way it was with someone mm-hmm. like Carrie Shrug. And it comes back to absolutely correct. I can't imagine that mm-hmm. if this was a white gymnast, that there were, the mm-hmm. level of criticism would have been even one, one millionth of what it is against Simone Biles, who is outstanding talent. You think all these rabid patriots talking about America and how much they love this country. And, you know, hmm. you know, th- this is our, our representation on the world stage and to, to bash somebody that has literally stepped aside when they thought that they wouldn't be able to, to perform at the level that was needed in order for us mm-hmm. to have the greatest amount of success is laughable. It's laughable that, mm-hmm. that people could, could argue anything else other than there's some racist element involved and why people have this perspective of a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. This I is the shut up and play. Yeah, they said she was, um, 
Yeah, I was reading mm-hmm. that she was going to retire, but she didn't want to be the sole survivor of Nashville. But she wanted to be mm-hmm. there. I got it. For the yeah. people that had, so I thought that was amazing. And they like. So she didn't want to retire after. Anyway. She didn't want to retire after the the Larry stuff. She wanted to retire. Going out with a bang, like after all that. I got it. That makes sense. And just like just make sure that she develops the next group of women, which they have. I mean, Suni Lee uh, got the gold because if she had done it, she wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten the gold, right? So which is amazing. Yeah. And her dad was like even thanking Simone for like letting her his his baby girl win, win the gold and all around. That's awesome. Oh, she's truly really a bravado. Also, like I was I, reading, I tr- um, they took away her ADHD medication that she wasn't allowed to have it. <gasps> so I think that also affected why she wasn't able to, like she's the twisties, the thing where she can't figure out where she is in the air to land safely. Yeah. So like they did all the stuff to her and then she's expected to like risk death for what? Right. For, you know, organization that didn't protect her. I don't know. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tried to look up to see if anybody else had done this. The only, the closest I can, I could get was, when Ryan Lochte had Lochte Gate, you know, where he lied and said that somebody robbed, robbed him and his friends oh, where yeah. actually he trashed the convenience store. Mm-hmm. He didn't even leave the Olympics. He was banned from the Olympics. He, was, he had to get pushed out. And people were still protecting him, like, oh, he should do it. So I just find it odd that in a day when mental health awareness is such a huge thing nowadays. There's a whole month dedicated to mental health awareness. When someone says, I don't feel like I am the best for my team, I'm going to step aside, especially when I'm representing our country, white people are like, oh, you suck. What? Huh? Yeah, they called her a quitter, what? which is so crazy. Called her a quitter? Yeah. I was like, are you? <laughs> These are the same people that let me not, let me not, let me not, let me not, let me not. Um, anyway. But I just love Any that movie up and that she's saying, like, nobody owns her body or herself, and that that's mental true. health is important, and that, like, she's just truly a role model, oh, and I important. think that's going to, like, and the younger women are repeating that, too. So now it's, like, hopefully no more abuse towards women. In- Normalize stepping aside for mental health reasons. And putting your mental health above everything. Norm, we need to normalize that. Because mental um, health is linked to physical health. Because literally, if she exactly. did it and couldn't find her way and could have paralyzed herself, like a lot of gymnasts have had to retire because they got permanently damaged, mm-hmm. paralyzed, or could die, you know, it's not worth it. I, I support her 100%. I even changed my profile picture to her on Facebook. Um, I know, I love her so much. Movies and TV, Veronica, what, is, what have you seen lately that kind of stuck out for movies and TV? Oh, gosh, I'm so... I mean, I guess the last thing I saw was Loki. Oh, okay. What did you think of that? I mean, it was super fun. I mean, like, I don't know. I, didn't, I, know. I always thought Loki was like an annoying character. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. why does he need a standalone? But I like what they did with it, with all the variants. I'm all about the alligator variant. Yeah. <laughs> I want one Tom so badly. Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston is so freaking hot. Oh, I love redheads. Um, <laughs> I was just like drooling the whole time And also, Owen Wilson was it. so good in it. 
Ah, Owen, oh my God. I felt like didn't understand why some of the things happened in the series that it that happened. And I'm just like, well, wait, hold on. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. All right. I, I guess I'm going to have to go along with it. But I, I, I did like, I thought that guard, that black lady, she was hilarious. Oh my God. She was so funny. That's the woman from um, Love, Lovecraft Country. She is so funny. I, I loved her. I love that she stood up to just basically anybody. She didn't give a fuck. I loved her. Loved her. Um, so just Loki, that was it. That was like, um, what else have I watched? I haven't watched a lot. You and your I'm husband, Arrasio. I love his name. <laughs> Arrasio. <laughs> so amazing. Man. I don't know, what's the reason? Um, I mean, it's all starting to be a blur. Like time, yeah. like, you know, like the TVA, time is meaningless. <laughs> so I have no idea was, what's going on while I was house sitting I watched like I said the, all the fast movies I have to watch Fast 9 um, I watched this series called Pride on Hulu and it started in the 50s and went up to the 2000s and it just talked about Pride in each decade and some of the influential events that happened there. It was so amazing. Um, I watched this horrible movie called The Lie that came out in 2018. It should have been called The Privilege because the basis is this girl killed her friend and her parents do everything in their power to protect her. This kid still passed. And the parents even killed to protect their daughter. I didn't understand why the movie was made. I didn't understand how. I was just, I couldn't wait to turn this movie off. I thought it would get better. Um, It didn't. And one of the characters, it was also racist as well. And one of the characters in the movie, um, I actually contacted the actor and I'm like, yeah, I just watched your movie. I really hated it. And I felt so bad for your character. And he's like, thank you. Um, awful. A more awful movie than that, which I saved it for last because I know it's going to be the, a movie that Joe has seen. Oh, jeez. It's, it's called Jolt, and it was... Oh, boy. It should have been called Shit. I did not understand the point of that movie. I don't understand why Stanley Tucci, uh, Laverne Cox, and Kate Beckinsale signed on to that movie. The only saving grace of that movie was the end credit. That was such a bad fucking movie. Oh, by the way, Jay Courtney was also in it, who is from Spartacus. They had the biggest names in this movie, and it made no fucking sense. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Joe? Take it away. What did you watch? And give your review on Joel, please. <laughs> so I, 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 I sat through that, and I will urge anyone <laughs> with any sense of self-worth to avoid that movie at all costs. It will, it will leave you bereft of any positive feeling you could possibly imagine. I, I, I think 
Kate Beckinsale hasn't been in much. I love, I, you know, I, I was a big fan of the Underworld movies because they were, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't great, but they were, they were entertaining. And I, and I, you know, who doesn't love vampires and werewolves? Um, <laughs> but right, this was of the worst steaming. I think I called it a steaming pile, and then I changed it to a streaming pile because you that did. was a great dad joke, by the way. Dad joke. Um, because <laughs> because it was. It was one of those movies where they had a, probably a decent budget, um, mm-hmm. but it was so poorly done on every level that I just can't believe that some of these actors and actresses that were involved in this in this movie um, haven't haven't completely run for the hills and and hidden uh, after after putting their name on this. It was so bad. It was and, mm-hmm. and is it Jay or Jai Courtney, whatever his name is, he was. Jay. He was the most mm-hmm. unlikable character after being like a fairly likable character, which I guess was the point. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Kate Beckinsale, you want to like her, but it was just, it was just bad on all levels. It I'm, made I'm, no sense. I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry we wasted this much time devoting to it, but please avoid <laughs> I've it never at all costs. <laughs> it is the best. That is the best news I've heard today. Avoid <laughs> it, please. Save yourself. <laughs> Yeah, Stanley Tucci was nominated for an Oscar, and he was in this movie. And it's very heavy on taking men's balls and rearranging them. It was just so bad. And Susan Sarandon? Oh, I forgot. Oscar winner Susan Sarandon was in it. (laughs) What the fuck? Hey, as an actor, I've been in many things that I'm not proud of because, you know, you got to work sometimes. And that's the maybe thing. It's one maybe thing when you're just you know, one out, you know, <laughs> you got you got to you got to take your licks when I, I understand, especially when when you're trying to, <sighs> you know, trying to build your career and 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 keep you know keep your career moving. Um, I understand the, the the nature of of sometimes stepping into roles like Great Wall, you know, or uh, that or wasn't that bad. Show. Cut it out. <laughs> Great mm-hmm. Wall was. was Pretty bad. How dare but you? This was this was an epic fail. Mm, like on so many levels. So, the the best part was, I mean, I liked her wig. Um. Okay. <laughs> I liked her wig. Um. Go ahead with what else you've seen. Sorry. <laughs> um. So I I I finally managed to get through the rest of Manifest season two. And I, uh, I've officially now said I'm never going to watch that show again. It was so epically terrible. And, again, my feelings are hurt that I've had to waste so much time in my life. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand I why it's such a good following. I don't either. It is um, so poorly written. I could not so get into it. so poorly acted. There's nothing, there's nothing good. The premise itself, the first episode was okay. And then it just mm-hmm. went so far downhill the acting and the writing and the just the 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 development of the story is so mm-hmm. bad they they like jump into one thing and then they forget about like it's supposedly this monumental thing for one episode and then they they mm-hmm. just completely abandon it the acting I, I like you could find you could walk into Walmart and pick 20 people that could act better than than the cast of the show wow it, it's so bad it is so overly melodramatic and silly and terrible like it, it's it's unbelievable 
I feel I bad. I I mean, not gonna sign the, um, so you're not going to sign the what a petition to get it or, like renewed on some other. There's like a petition. I'm going to sign the other petition. I'm going to sign the one. Yeah. I'm going to sign the one that gets that show removed from from my memory and anyone else <laughs> having to sit through it. Joseph, it so you're mean. It, okay. I'm telling you right now, it was bad. What was worse, that or Jolt? Um, that manifest was worse because of the amount of time I had to spend sitting. I would fall asleep <laughs> during episodes because it was so bad, and I was forcing my wife to sit through it and watch it with me, and we were hoping, we were hoping for something. And I, I knew once we got through, like, the first season, I, I knew it was not going to get better. It was only going to get worse, and it did not disappoint. It got so much worse, and I, I spent so much time and energy trying to fight through that and worse than Jolt because Jolt was an hour and a half of pure shit, but once it was done, it was done. I didn't have to return to it. Can I tell you something? You're going to be so mystified. Um, Manifest is the number one streaming. Yeah, Netflix. I know. <laughs> it's disturbing. Number one. That so that's why I was wondering if like, it got better from when I saw the first couple episodes. But it no, sounds like it no, did not. It, 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 in fact, got worse. If you could imagine what you saw turning into a bigger steaming pile, that's what it did. Yeah, because the premise was weak to me. I don't know. Wow. It it, it it bit directly from Lost in a lot of ways. And, I, you know, that's yeah. why I was kind of intrigued by it, because I loved Lost. I thought Lost was a great show. Um, but this this is like... And that link I sent you? Really? Yeah. It, so, so Emmy sent me a link earlier today about um, this flight that had disappeared, this TikTok video where, where this... Um, where this guy was talking about this flight that had disappeared for 30 years, and I assume that's where they got the premise for this terrible TV show. Um, but it turns mm-hmm. out that that was actually a hoax. Um, it, it just save yourselves again. Don't watch. Don't don't watch it, please. It is not. There's I'm no going, reason why it should be number one. I'm going to do you a solid. No, I'm not. I'm actually going to annoy Joe because, oh, my God, I forgot one more review, but um, I'll, I'll say it after I'm done. Um, I'm actually going to try Manifest, and I bet you anything I'm probably going to like it because <laughs> I typically like bad stuff. Um, but, yeah. You um, might like I it forgot because to... of the soap opera type quality. Yeah, you know me and a good soap. I yeah. forgot to mention, I, I saw the movie Nobody with, um, what's what's his bucket? Uh, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Who, um, I don't know what they did to Bob Odenkirk, but he was like, he was giving me daddy vibes. I was like, God damn, he's hot. He was so sexy in that movie, and I don't understand why. I don't. I, I, the man's like 5'9 on a good day, and he's just like kind of like, on the street you wouldn't turn your head but for some reason in this movie he was so hot and I just kept like drooling over this man anyway but it was a good story um the action was good a little bit on the gory side but oh um, I remember um a show that I liked that I watched recently yeah uh, uh we are lady parts have you seen it 
Nope. It's about an all, no. all Muslim women punk rock band. It's and it's British. Oh. It's super fun and like it kind of oh, like, like the way they shoot it. Kind of reminds me of Edgar Wright. It's really funny and oh. really charming. Okay. I actually want to see that. I actually did see the. the it's actually something that will like not make you depressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually it's well done. It's like nice. actually makes you, makes you like not. Yeah, it's, it's really good. So I recommend watching it. Um, I got through the first two Fear Streets on Netflix. Fear <laughs> Street, kind of like can't be. Fear Street, nineteen ninety four, and then Fear Street, nineteen seventy eight. It's just like, kind of like a throwback to those those shitty horror movies of the eighties. It's like it's. Hmm. I mean, I've never heard of it. Again, I, like, it's it's entertaining in that in that respect. Like, if you watch it like a Friday the Thirteenth or a Nightmare on Elm Street, it's it's just mm-hmm. like that, but you know, kind of for a newer audience. And um, mm. so Netflix put out this, these two these three series. There's a third one, um, and it, it it all kind of centers around the same plot, but it it has three different kind of timelines that it's using. So it's it's interesting um, that they've they've adapted. The, the the premise from these old school horror movies into this um you know into this this three part movie series which I I find it somewhat entertaining in that respect um mm-hmm. and it's kind of gory so it's it's a throwback I enjoyed it hmm. uh, and then the, the um, last thing that I saw was um I saw the first episode of This Is Pop with Boys to Men mm-hmm. and. Man, what a what a trip down memory lane. That was awesome. I love Boys to Men. They Same. they are awesome. They are awesome. And mm. the 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 story that they tell in this episode, the first episode of This Is Pop is all about their trajectory and their career and where they are and um and kind of how they shaped the music industry and it was it was I just love them. They are so good. They're so talented. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I, I have in my Hulu, um, what's it called? Hulu, um, under my stuff, I have the whole new edition. So I'm big into boy bands and how they got their start. I know, you know, the managers were horrible and stole money from them and whatnot, but I want to know more. Like, I want to know about the, their dynamic. Like, how did the guys get along? How did they, like break up or stay together. Like, I want to know more about that stuff. And hopefully um, shows like this will help answer those questions. So, nice. It's going to give you some insight, I think. Nice. Can't wait. Um, Eva Mendes moment. What do you got for me, Veronica? Well, it's so hard. But, um, mm-hmm. so I was in an accident a long time ago that I thought was going to end my, like, acting career. So I got ran over mm-hmm. by a minivan walking across the street. Oh, my God. Um, so, like, years of, you know, physical therapy and, you know, acupuncture and everything, and medicine and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm, like, able to walk. And, like, so I got a string of, like, Broadway editions for the first time in my life that I, like, was actually able to try to attempt to do. You know, it included, like, really hard, like, dance combinations and stuff like that. And, like, I never thought I'd ever get to a point where I could dance again. So it was, like, I don't know. That was kind of... Wow. I mean, I'm not going to book it, but it was amazing for me that I could even attempt to do it. Before, I would never even attempt it because it would have been too painful. 
or not mm. even possible. So, so why aren't you mm-hmm. going to look at it? Broadway is very hard to get into because it's actually I'm not like a Broadway <laughs> person. I'm not like a musical theater person. I'm I'm mm. like a, an actor who can uh, sing and move, but I'm not like a dancer. So that's why I like it's you don't so rare for me to get like a dance failure. call. Mm-hmm. It's just like something like, you know, my parents wouldn't pay for those lessons, so I just never got to really do it very much, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, I wouldn't say they wouldn't pay for it. They couldn't afford to pay for it, but yeah. That's like yeah. you, most people that are on Broadway that dance, they've been training since they were little, you know? It's like years. Yeah. I've been training, so. And well, way, I'd rather do Shakespeare or a straight play on Broadway, you know? That's more my my realm that I'm strong at, but but unfortunately, because you know, entertainment industry is capitalistic. It's all like jukebox musicals and musical theater and stuff like that. So lots of like known properties. I understand. No, it makes sense. Like I said, you don't want to set yourself up for failure and and potentially steal a role from somebody else. So I get it. I get it. Um, but anyways, I was proud so, of myself well, that I was able to even do it, so to even be nice. being even considered for it. So nice, proud that you went for it. Um, Joseph, what was your Eva Mendez moment? Uh, my Eva Mendez moment was the realization that this was our twentieth show. When you when you yeah. talked about that, I didn't. Even Wow. I didn't even realize. Um, and that's that's awesome yeah. that um that's awesome that I've been able to, to join you for this uh for this journey. It's been a real fun time and on our twentieth episode to be reunited with Veronica, mm-hmm. I think you know, that's that's enough of an Eva Mendez moment in and of itself. Oh. I think you should guess I think you should guess I think you should guest star more often and, and maybe become too. a regular. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Sure, happy to. <laughs> I would love it. I already, actually already told her. I said, hey, if you want to come permanently starting next season, you're more than welcome. We're here. Um, yeah, totally. I actually have one of those Eva Mendez moments that I literally almost cried. Um, so, like I said, I was house-sitting last week. But when I do it, I I don't do it alone. My my nephew comes with me. He's 18. He's had a huge year this year. He turned 18. He got a car. Um, he paid for the car. Three quarters of, of it himself. Like, he graduated high school. So then last year when we, we housed that, and so last night, was our last full, no, the night before, I'm sorry. Friday night was our last full night. And so yesterday he was upstairs in um, their family room and came down and he's like, hey, when we leave tonight, when's the next time I'm going to hang out with you? And I was just like, oh, oh my God. It felt so good. Like He's 18. He has friends. He he can do whatever he wants, but he wants to hang out with little me. I said, well, you know, we still have to watch Fast and Furious 9, so we can do that. I have all this week off. 
let me know what your schedule is. We can hang out again. He's like, okay. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, it just felt so good to hear. Like, I'm single. I don't have kids. So when I hear, like, these things from the people around me that are close to me that are, like, like Joe posting something super sweet on on my Instagram and Veronica always saw my post, which is amazing. But like just when when people do and say nice things, it just like changes your whole perspective. You're like, I'm single but I'm not alone. You know what I mean? And it's just it felt so good to hear that. And I'm just like, Wow. That that was amazing. So And then of course the dog doesn't Understandable. I wanna hang out with you. <laughs> You're amazing. Oh my so, god, we cool. And oh my god, oh my gosh. My friend is moving to New York very soon. So I will be you up there. You have to come. We, you get those two people yeah. here. Awesome. I'm just nervous. I think Matthew Preston's here too. So there's a lot of people here. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. have to do it. I have to get over my fear. It's not going to be that And way. I'll bring my car, pick you up so you don't have to walk through Penn Station. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> Because I do fancy going to the city. I feel so independent when I just drive to New Haven and take that that commuter rail. I don't know why. I just feel like so independent. And plus, it's cheaper than parking in New York and driving in New York. Um, but yeah. Oh my God, we have to do it. Joe, you have to come with me so that we can make it a a team effort. Field trip. Field trip. Field trip. Yes. And then we have to fly. Well, to you go with Joe. Maybe you can drive to Illinois. Parking in Brooklyn and stuff. If you're a good parallel parker, you can find parking. Yeah. See, but I always okay. find good spots. I think it would be better for us to leave at New Haven because, especially right now, I'm an hour from New Haven and Joe is like three hours from New Haven. So oh, wow. I don't want to drive because. I'm a yapper when I drive, especially with him in the car. I know I'd yap too much, and I'd probably cause an accident. And so I think it would be better if we just, like, if I drove us to New Haven, because he has folks here. We can come visit. I'll drive us to New Haven, and then you can pick us up at the train station, and we can have so much fun. And I can finally meet Arracio. I cannot wait. To I'll be like, hi, Arracio. And you can be like, all right, stop saying my name like that. You're weird. You're so weird. Stop it. Be normal. No. <laughs> he's very nice. Yeah. yeah, he is. But he probably he's might He's very good to my me. friends, so. Oh, okay. Before we go, any and he, shout and, out? And, he, and he'll be the one driving. <laughs> drive oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> then we can gab the whole time. That's, that's awesome. Any shout-outs, Joe? And he's an excellent driver, really good at parallel parking and all that stuff. Oh, my God. More power to him. Joseph? Oh, I've been hi. saying Joseph um, a lot today. Sorry. That's all right. I'm not in trouble. Um, my shout-outs are to uh, – I'm going to give a pseudo-shout-out to um, Michael Jordan and, and Jay-Z – for making 45 hmm. a, a thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm saying it. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, oh shout out. 
shout out to uh, Veronica, and I'm going to give a shout out to Casey too because I know um, Casey was hoping to, to be on today, and and um, he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sad we missed him, but um, mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get another shot. We'll get another shot when Veronica's on permanently, permanent picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for volunteering. You. Not sorry. <laughs> he, he didn't even wait, guys. He's supposed to be like, hashtag sorry, pause, not sorry. Nope, he didn't do that. He was just, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Veronica, do you have any shout outs? Well, obviously, to you two, the awesome podcast Aww. host. Thank you for inviting Aww. me and having um, awesome conversations I miss having weekly with you. Uh, yeah, Casey, I was disappointed you couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully we'll talk soon. Uh, since you mentioned my husband, yeah, we'll talk about Horacio. Uh, the most amazing name I've ever, I love him more so because I built him up in my head that he's amazing. I know, and he's like and all just, nervous now. He's like, he's like so worried that you're going to be all disappointed when you meet him. Cause you're like, no, I won't like be. all self-conscious about it now. Oh, no, no, no. They don't need to be. Um, good people. I'll keep them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. Um, oh, were you done with your shout-out? Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, that's it. Okay. Um, my shout-out goes to all the people around me. Again, I mentioned at the top of the hour, or not top of the hour, at the top of the show, that this was my transversary. So I want to just thank everybody who supported me. This has been years of my life. I still cannot believe it's only been six years. It feels like longer. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for um, putting up with me, everyone. Yeah. Present company included. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. And um, we'll be back in September. And I, I, the thing about taking breaks is I know there's going to be huge stuff that's going to happen between now and September, and we literally aren't able to talk about it on the show, but that's okay. I'm sure in September we'll be, we'll be more than, um, that will be probably a two-hour show so. with Veronica. So... Um, <laughs> I think there's a huge consensus that we want to keep her. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you for coming on the show, Veronica. We love you. And, of course, Joe, thank you for joining me this season. You've been amazing. I am so excited for the future, and I love you guys so much. So thank you, and we will all talk to you in September. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.